When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, Nathan. Nissan just unveiled uh, the newest member of the Nissan family, which also happens to be the coolest, the Nissan Z Proto, which I believe is going to be the next Z. Yeah, it, it, I mean, all indications point to it being the next Z, at least from the outside. It certainly looks like a production-ready car, or almost. Now, uh, in this podcast, we're going to talk about the styling. We're going to tell you about everything uh, that we know about it. But uh, we're going to do it as a know you're wrong format, Nathan. And the headline for this, of course, is from your perspective, which is that they nailed it out of the ballpark. Oh, yeah. Know you're wrong. What? No, you're wrong. Oh, come on. This is beautiful. All right. Right after the intro, let's get into it. Okay. Sit back and relax or keep driving if you're driving. TFL Talking Cars is on the air, the world's most popular car podcast. Okay, maybe not yet, but we're working on it. All right, Nathan, before we uh, talk about the styling, uh, which, you know, I would describe as the retro, uh, and I'm pretty tired of retro cars, but anyway, let's, let's, let's uh, talk about what we're going to be talking about in this podcast, right? So uh, in this podcast, we're going to be talking about, you know, everything that we know about uh, the new Proto-Z. And by the way, you know why it's called a Proto-Z? Because it's a prototype of the Z? Right, and in the hierarchy of cars, right, it first is a concept, which may or may not be built, mm-hmm. and then is a prototype which hopefully will be built and then of course production ready. So, right. So I think, I think we're looking at what will be the next uh, uh, Z uh, when it comes out. When does it come out? We don't know. We don't know. That's the problem. Uh, we're, we're thinking it's going to come out in about a year, but it could be too. All right. So uh, before we get into the, the styling, let's talk about what we do know, and that is that this car uh, is five inches longer than the outgoing 370Z. That is correct. It is longer, but it's also a little lower and a little narrower than the current uh, 370Z. Yeah, it's 172 inches as opposed to 167 inches. Uh, <laughs> Sorry about that. All these damn toys underneath me. Keep going. <laughs> Nathan, you're destroying the studio. Yeah, I'm really bad about that. I, I wouldn't put that mic next to your phone. That is going to create issues. There we go. There we go. Yeah. Okay. Nice. All right, let's, let's keep going here. Uh, uh, and, uh, you know, look, I've owned, my family has owned three Zs, and I got to tell you, I love uh, the look of the original Z. Yeah. Uh, and this is obviously what they went for. Oh, yeah. Right? This is, this is a retro. Especially from, from the rear quarter. Yeah. You, it really looks like that, and a little bit with the headlights. But I got to tell you, I'm a little disappointed. It, it shows a little bit of a lack of imagination oh. to not have you know, something that is unique and different and cool as opposed to going back and you know, retreading old territory covered by the original. I say fooey to that because you're just stodgy, angry, and old. The thing is, is that one of the most important things to remember about the Z, the original Z, which they got away from, right. 
The original Z was the affordable sports car. It was the Corvette you could buy. It was for every man. You could easily get a 240Z for the same price as a commuter sedan. And that was huge. And it's one of the reasons why it was a huge seller. And that goes all the way through the Z, early Z lineup, which you know eh, pretty much went to 1978 before things started really changing. Now, the one of the Zs that Roman has a lot of uh, experience with was the 300ZX, yes. right? Yeah. And that was a monster. It was very reptilian in its looks. It, it, it was, it was at the time, futuristic as all hell. And it was really awesome. Super Hikus four-wheel steering. It did have four-wheel steering. It had a lot of technological advancements. I don't know what Super Hikus was, though. Super Hikus is the, um, the, yeah, the Japanese cool. is the thing where the yeah. rear wheels will just turn like five degrees I like, or whatever. I just like saying Hikus. Okay. Yeah. Well, the point is, is that that steering system, that technology, super expensive. And it went from being a two-person proper little coupe that was kind of like a British sports car, but reliable, to this monster of technology. And with that went the price, because those cars were starting to hover around Porsche 911 pricing. Am I correct? Yeah, you know, they did get expensive. I, I wouldn't say Porsche 911. Nearly. I, would, I would say Corvette pricing. Yeah, yeah, okay. I, I think that's fair. But, um, the, but the point I'm getting at here is that the car went from being a very simple, affordable for everybody car to this extremely expensive, higher end vehicle that not everybody could afford. All right. So first of all, I want to thank you for sitting in for Tommy. He's uh, you know doing the Yak Gauntlet, and if you don't know what a Yak Gauntlet is, go to TFL Classics and you can figure it out. So he's shooting that. So that's why. We're right. Here. And it's no problem. I enjoy being here. Yeah, we've got our great man Nathan here. But uh, you know, Nathan, let, let me let me let me let me hit you up with some problems. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. So uh, in order to do that, let's talk about what we uh, will consider it'll be under the hood, right? So we're. we're According to Nissan, going to have a three-liter twin-turbo V6. Uh, did not mention power figures, but it is going to be turbocharged. Mm -hmm. But it is a twin-turbo, and the thing I'm talking about here is V6. Now, if you look at the hood, uh, the reason that the original Nissan Z had such a long hood is because it had a straight six. Sure. Right? right? And that's what made it cool. And when you went from that classic straight six, which is, by the way, the smoothest, I think the most... Uh, melodically balanced uh, type of powertrain that you could put in a vehicle. So it's the highest form of, at least in my opinion, engine, right? Because they're, they're just naturally very smooth, naturally high rev. BMW agrees BMW with you. BMW agrees with me, right? And then you stick a V6, why not go back to a straight six? Oh, very simple question. If you're going to go very there with that too. styling, why not go there with the power plane? Because, and this is where I'm going with this car. The pricing for the, the current 370Z and everything else has really put it into the toilet in terms of sales, right? I mean, come on, look, <laughs> well, no, look at the sales numbers are really, really poor. What's put it in the toilet is that they haven't touched it for Well, they years. haven't touched it forever, but also they can't sell them. N because the they thing, haven't touched it. <laughs> but on top of that, the amount of money it takes to actually build a new car is extremely prohibitive when it comes to sports cars, especially because people are not buying them. So by developing a bespoke straight six to put into this car, is extremely expensive and if you want an example of that talk to toyota yeah they had a partner with bmw and how did that work out for them well i mean it's 50 50. some people absolutely adore the new supra which this will compete against and some people hate the new supra which once again this will compete against the thing about the supra versus this car and we can only guess that nissan's going to undercut that price by a significant amount they have to because unless they have a car that can really perform because the new Supra is a really good performer. I mean, it really is a sharp car in terms of performance. This car, 
could undercut it both with price and packaging because one thing they did announce, it will have a manual transmission, something the Supra doesn't have. Yeah, I think that's way cool. Six-speed. Yes. Uh, yeah, traditional. Proper six-speed. 19-inch uh, yellow wheels, you know, on the on the yellow car. By the way, yellow, I don't think is the best color to, to, to showcase it. In. I'm it sorry, would, I kind of dig it. But it, it would be cooler if it was like the older Nissan retro colors. Yeah, it really like hides the lines. And then Tommy uh, pointed out something that a, pe a lot of people just absolutely hate, and that is a big domino uh, air intake in the front. It, it, especially on the yellow one, it just looks like a big gaping maw with a huge hole. Right? Yeah, but if you look at the original Z, it actually had a very square, well, rectangular mouth as well. This is just a much larger one because it has taken a lot of air to cool off that powerful 3-liter V6 that we know nothing about, but we're guessing. We're and guessing. Then, and then Tommy's right. I mean, you know, he, he, in, in our video when we first introduced the car, he said that they stole those headlights from an Aston Martin. Okay. It's, okay, so, yes. They, they are do, very Aston Martin-ish. They are kind of Aston Martin-ish. Yeah. Um, and the thing is, is that Nissan is also going for a particular image. If you look at the modern Nissan badge, those lights actually match the modern Nissan badge in terms of having the two curves going up and around, but not being completely so, solid. So, so th this is where the commentators are going to come in because this is where it gets a little sloppy, Nathan. Okay, okay. bring it in, guys. Right, this is where it gets a little sloppy. So in my intro video with Tommy, I said that I liked the styling of it. Uh, and I do like the styling of it. I'm just, a, I, I, you know, I'm just a little disappointed uh, that they didn't completely like, like go and, and rewrite the book and make it not only. This is where I would have gone if, once again, you know, I were the 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 commandant of Nissan or uh -huh. whatever Nissan, head designer, the designer. Uh, not just that, the head engineer. I would have made it not only um, different, but I would have made it electrical, and I would have given it a, a gearbox, nevertheless. So there was a car that Wabasto built that I looked at. It was a Mustang at uh, SEMA last year, and they built an all-electric Mustang uh, that was um, also uh, drivable via a stick shift. Why couldn't you do something like that with the new Z? I, I would line up uh, around the block to buy that. Mm. You know, the, everybody's building electric cars now. They're all crossovers, obviously, because that's where the market is. So why not go someplace where they're, they're and then and then you could take that design language from it being all electric and incorporate it into the design of the vehicle and make it representative of the power plant and come up with something new and fresh as opposed to, you know, coming, go, and, and look, if you're going to go back and you're going to, you know, use a retro design, the Z is a great place to start, right? It is. It, it's beautiful. Yeah, the, the design I'm, is. I'm just, I'm just saying, why not, why not, you know, go the next step as opposed to going back a step? Mm. I think that uh, Yoshiko Matsuo would actually say no to that because he, he's the original designer. Well, I probably screwed up his Maybe name. Maybe he'd say hi. <laughs> he wouldn't say hi, that's for sure. No, I think here's the problem. Yeah. You're talking about building a, once again, a bespoke powertrain for this vehicle because they don't have anything like that as far as I know. Well, they have Nissan. the Aria and they have the Leaf. Yes, they do. And the Aria and the Leaf both require a completely different set of requirements in order to make it run. This is going to be a vehicle that is a sports car. So sports car right now means 50-50 weight distribution. It means good packaging. And it also means that you have an engine in the front and a gearbox, you know, hopefully in the back and, you know, rear drive. Those are kind of the main things. So could they yank an engine out of here and put in the Aria's electric motor? Possibly. That could happen in the future. I don't think it will, but it could. You, you know, you know. I guess you make the point, and you made the point. It's very expensive 
for them to develop uh, new vehicles, especially in a segment that's you know selling into a strong headwind, right? Well, exactly. I mean, no one's buying sports cars. I think the the super proved that it didn't exactly knock the world down in terms of sales. It, it's doing okay, but right. it's it's yeah. Right, but you know, I would say to that, Nathan, is people are super excited to buy really interesting and cool vehicles, and you, you know, you look at the Bronco, right? That that went through the roof. You look at uh, the Cybertruck. This is something that's also a fresh up, clean Because design. those are cars and those are trucks. Right. But I'm saying it's, it's not about necessarily the segment. It's about the vehicle. And if you, if you build something that is unique and cool and fun and different, they will come. I, I sincerely believe that. I think that the recent cars have shown that. Even the fact that the Wrangler is selling you know, hundreds of thousands of units. Once every again, that's a truck or an off-roader. Off-roaders and trucks are selling right now, and, and sports cars aren't. And the thing is, is that... Look at, all the, look at all the... You know, look how much excitement the Roadster for Tesla created, right? Maybe it was because it had rockets. I don't know. It was zero to sixty in like two seconds. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. that's that's going to cause some excitement, but it also hasn't sold a single one yet. Because yeah, I, I agree. Okay. It's, and it's, not only that, but it'll be extremely it's expensive. Space. It's on its way to Mars, if I remember. Right. Yes, I know. Seriously, they're they're flying one out right now. So, <laughs> if you're looking at this car, one of the things that I'd like to consider in terms of the competition it would be something like the. Um, uh, Subaru BRZ. Right. It's also on the other end of the spectrum, yes. and also the Toyota 86. Yes. Those cars represent the less expensive alternative and where you can get selling. A, they're not selling. No. Exactly. Now, rumor has it that Toyota will come out with a new version of it that is going to bookend the high-end Supra, so this will be your entry-level sports car. This needs to live in between the two. And I think that that's exactly what Nissan's aiming to do. In order to do that, they still, you know, they don't need to profit big time on the sales, but they can't lose their shirt right when they start selling them. Well, and Nissan's in a precarious place right now. Right. You know, Carlos Ghosn, uh, in my opinion, Nathan, basically mortgaged the company's future. So he came in, of course, saved the company, and they needed just terrible amounts of cost cutting so that uh, there was no new product development. And, you know, the lifeblood of any car company is new product, and Nissan doesn't have it. Well, they do have one thing that he did invest in that worked, sort of, and that is electric vehicles. So they're spending a lot of their money on three different vehicles right now, three different vehicles that you guys um, are aware of. And one is, of course, the Nissan Pathfinder. It's an, Pathfinder. Yeah, actually, the Pathfinder is one of them. Um, that's an important vehicle for them. It's a huge seller. If you look up the numbers, they're selling a lot of them. So they are updating that significantly, and they put a lot of money into it. Another vehicle? The Rogue. No, the Nissan Frontier. Yeah, and the Rogue. Uh, the, and the, Rogue. The, the Rogue's coming, too. The Rogue is coming as well, but the Nissan Frontier is incredibly important for them because they've really lost their shirt on the Nissan Titan. They put a lot of money into that truck, and they're just not selling them. But the Nissan Frontier is in a very competitive segment, and as long as they hit it right, they're going to sell a lot of them, or at least that's what they hope. So they're spending money on that. And then, of course, there's a new Nissan Aria. And yes, the Rogue is there and some of the other ones are there that are important, but the Nissan Aria is their new all-wheel drive, well, potentially all-wheel drive electric vehicle. It's an option. And that vehicle is going to compete on the lower end of a much larger segment that's becoming very popular, and that is electric vehicles that are crossovers. And Nissan's putting a lot of money behind this, a lot. They don't have that money to spend on everything. No, they right? don't, they, because Carlos Ghosn, like I said, you know, took yeah, a lot of money really, out of the company uh, and, and didn't do a lot of product 
planning. Uh, by the way, guys, if you're listening to this as a podcast and you want to see what this you know, Z looks like, head on over to TFL Talk where this is also on video and we have pictures of the vehicle so you can see what it looks like. Yeah. And speaking of what it looks like, I actually think they got the interior right. You know, it's another, recently we did a podcast on the uh, uh, Grand Wagoneer mm -hmm. uh, and that's another car that I think the interior is nicer than the outside styling. I mean, that one has, mm -hmm. I want to say, uh, seven screens. Uh, this one uh, has uh, a very modern infotainment system with a 12.3 in digital cluster. Uh, it's got those traditional, you know, three gauges that the original Z which had, is really which cool is really cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, the, the interior is just spot on. You know, it's, it's a plate. Look at those vents. I mean, they look like the original. Uh, just really cool. Uh, it seems like a place I want to spend a lot of time. And I think that's part to do to, let's face it, RAM, right? RAM, for a long time, interiors and vehicles were just kind of like, let's see how much money we can cut out of the, the cost of the right. And they started open. injecting money. Well, FCA started doing it throughout their entire lineup, yeah. and they brought in, if you remember, what uh, that guy who uh, was really like taking all of FCA's interiors and making them much nicer. So even though the products may not be the highest in quality, if you're sitting in an interior that makes you feel good, it certainly helps sell the car. This, there, Nissan, this I think there was this epiphany that that like car manufacturers had that people spend all their time on the inside of the car. <laughs> yeah, rather than just the outside of the car, right. And you know, having a nice place to be is huge. The thing about this Nissan that I really like, yeah. that, that intrigues me, is that they really did manage on the, you're right about the inside, it's even better than the outside because it mixes new and old. And it does it in such a way that I think Toyota missed the boat. When Toyota did their Supra, the interior is half BMW, half Toyota. I would say it's more than half. Well, maybe three quarters BMW. BMW. It really is. You I feel mean, like you're sitting in a BMW. You really do. The, the, the and, gauges, the, the, the switch gear, right? It's the, not the, a the, very the, nice place to be, Roman. I mean, if you're tall, your rear, the, the, your head is hitting the bulkhead, and then you're not able to look over your shoulder. The greenhouse on this vehicle looks much better right off the bat. Yeah, it feels like a Z. I mean, you don't want to sit in a... And Toyota and feel like you're in a BMW. I think that is, uh, uh, th there's no way that you can get around to the fact that when you get into a Supra for the first time, you feel disappointed, I think. Because yeah. you're expecting you know, a Toyota experience and you're getting the BMW experience. Now, I will admit that driving, I've driven three Supras now. Yeah. And I've, I've been delighted with each drive. They drive incredibly well. The power, I think, is underrated. They're fast as hell. They handle amazingly well. They're right up there, in my mind, with Corvette in terms of handling. But they still take away what we were really hoping for, which was for a vehicle that made you feel special and feel like you're driving a Toyota product. There's so much debate out there about BMW and Toyota. This Nissan product looks like a bespoke Nissan product. That's huge. Yeah, and let's talk about what we think maybe will be the horsepower. So the current yeah. Supra has, of course, that 3-liter BMW power plant that puts out 382 horsepower. The current 370Z puts out 332, uh, and it's naturally aspirated. So, uh, you know, a lot of people are saying this is going to be called the 400Z, uh, and that could be because, you know, maybe there's... 400 horsepower. Yeah, 400 horsepower. It seems logical that that would be something that you could certainly get out of uh, that twin-turbo V6. Uh, uh, and, um, you know, uh, we know that the uh, Proto's numbers are uh, pretty interesting. In the front, it's going to have 255-40 R19s. In the back, it's going to have 285-35 R19s. At least that's what the Proto has. 
once again, those are, you know, Sager tires, which makes it a little more expensive, right, because they're different sizes. Right, but you want that on a proper sports car. I mean, that's what, I mean, even a GTR has staggered tires. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, and then uh, let's keep in mind this is a preview, so we don't know if this is actually what it's going to look like, but I'm guessing it is. Have you seen that badge in the back, the way they put it up yeah. there? Yeah, so that's the old, the original yeah. Z badge where it had the, the Z with a little tiny cross going through it, and that is basically what they have on and this and car. I'm sorry, all your Brits. Yes, I know it's not Z. Uh, I said Z. Z, yes. Yeah, so so there you go. God save the queen. Yeah. So, but but let's move on to this vehicle, and this will be a world seller too. This is a worldwide vehicle, so it'll be right and left hand drive. I can guarantee you that because it's Nissan, and they want to sell as many of these as possible. Now. Hopefully they, hopefully they won't do like that goofy 2 plus 2, remember, in the 300, uh, yeah. where, they did, where they did the additional back seat and then it kind of just really wrecked the they line. They stretched, of the, oh, the, yeah. The, yeah, and yeah. That, was, um, that was really unfortunate that Nissan went and did that, but they did it for a very good reason. Yeah, they wanted to sell more cars. Exactly, public demand, and you guys are going to be out there, not, I'm not talking about you, I'm talking about your friends, who are going to say, well, I, I'd buy it, but I can't put my kids in the back, sorry, no sale. Yet you'll go and buy a 911, which you seriously cannot put kids in the back of. Or a BRZ. Or a BRZ. Yeah, good luck with that. Um, <laughs> Any of those cars you can't Remember we had our, our friend Daniel who bought one of those yeah. with a newborn, and yeah. we were like, dude, you're, there's something wrong with you. And sure enough, like six weeks after he did it, because he insisted that it would work all right, he got rid of the car. So it, but the thing is, is that a 2.2 is that 2 plus 2. It's not even a four-passenger car. You won't even call it that. It's really two of you plus golf clubs. And then with the 300, they also did, and the 350, and they did a convertible. So I suspect it will be a convertible. Possibly. Yeah, I mean, I would hope so. You, you think that, you know, it would sell well. It depends. You know, the, the thing with cars that's always tricky is if you design it as a convertible to begin with, right, then you do all the proper bracing so you don't have cowl shake. Right, right. If you design it as a coupe and then you ch you know, they cut the top it. off, then you get a really shaky car. So a lot of, a lot of you know, cars like the TT, Audi TT, that was originally designed to be a convertible. I'm, I'm hoping that that, we don't know this, we're just speculating now, I'm hoping that that Z will also have that kind of engineering so that when they do I can almost guarantee you that they've at least played with that idea. Yeah, because the current and they, ones, And yeah. they have the numbers. The good thing about computer-aided drafting uh, or automated drafting is the fact that you can actually do your stress points and figure it out what it's going to be like without that roof and what it's going to take to reinforce a vehicle like that. And I'm pretty sure that they have a prototype running around that probably is a soft top of some sort. Or who knows, maybe they'll go to T-tops. <laughs> old school T-tops, you miss those, I know you do. Or Target Top. Target Top. The Corvette you, has a Target Top. Yes, it does, and you can pop it in I, the trunk. I, and, you know, speaking of the Corvette, I think it's been a hit for GM. So maybe oh, without that, a doubt. Maybe that, you know, maybe that gives Nissan some hope that actually people are going back to sports cars, because the, the Corvette is probably one of GM's most sought-after, most buzzworthy, most desirable cars right now. It's a halo car, and it brings people into the dealership. Even if they're not going to buy one, they want to look at one, or they want to go online and take a peek, and then they'll wind up getting something but, else but there's a big but there right mm. and that is you know the corvette even if we're talking 400 horsepower the corvette is still oh it's five eight five hundred what is it 485 right it's 45 45 i think yeah, yeah. right now uh, and of course there's faster versions of it coming so you know i feel like 400 is you know yesterday's 300 and today it's 600 you know nah, i don't think that they, they don't need as long as the power to weight ratio is okay it doesn't matter if a car only makes 100 horsepower yeah, but as that long was as it's what light enough to said, And people were like, there's just no torque in this no, thing. No, but there's no torque in that thing. That's the thing. That, that's different. The thing about the 86 and the BRZ, and we, we've driven how many? We went to the, the actual first event. Yeah. 
together. And the thing is, is that that car from day one was a beautifully handling car. And every single one I've driven, they handle great, even with their substandard tires. And I'm not kidding about that. Those tires are actually from well, the Well, they, they were meant to drift. Yeah. In which, other words, they had no grip. And I don't want to drift. I want to grip. And the thing is, is that even if it doesn't matter, the point is, is that car could only drift by having uh, tires that don't adhere very well because it had no torque. You know, you, you drop a gear, try to get it to release, and it takes a lot of work to do it. Part of the problem with that is that they didn't build a turbocharged right. version of that car. All right. So, you know, the great thing about the podcast is it lets us kind of, you know, freewheel and be more or less... Uh, um, Verbose about things? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, so I'm just thinking out loud here, but let, let me tell you what my thinking is. Go ahead. Right? I have a problem with this 400 number. All right. And here's my problem with the 400 number, right? Electric cars today are, if nothing else, they're very quick, right? That's, Most are, yeah. Right. We've got that Model Y, which will do 0 to 60 in um, 3.4, 3.5 seconds mm -hmm. is the performance. Uh, even uh, a Model 3 dual motor will do it in 4.4 seconds, right? Right. So you, uh, how fast can a 400 horsepower Z go from 0 to 60? I would say probably 4 .5. under 6 at, at the worst and then uh, probably uh, under 5 at the at best. At the best, yeah. yeah. But th that, therein lies the rub, dude. How do you have an all-out sports car that's going to get beaten at the stoplight by a dual motor? Oh, model, I have a very 3? simple answer for you. Oh. If this car is a $40,000 car, how much is the Tesla? Well, the Model 3 um, dual motor uh, is less than that, actually. What? Yeah, when you, when you do the federal tax rebate. Oh, when you do the rebates, okay. Yeah, it's less. So you're, you're looking at a cheaper car that is quicker. And it may not be certainly as much, you know, then, then you get into that conversation like it doesn't handle that well around mm, the track. Yeah. And by the way, uh, you know, I, I, I had some news. You know, uh, the vehicles, there were three Teslas that went up uh, Pikes Peak recently. Yeah. Right? Yeah, one almost crashed. Yeah, yeah Randy Pro's crashed his, and they had to rebuild the whole thing. Uh, and, and I was talking to Paul, uh, our race car driver. Right, right. Uh, he knows all those guys. You know that, that that race is like, I think those cars did in like, I want to say like 10 minutes, something like that. Right? It's mm. just, it was right 10.30 or something. I forget. Uh, you guys can look it up. Um, the record is Sebastian Loeb, I want to say 8.15, mm -hmm. 8.13 yeah, With maybe. a specially prepared, full-blown yeah, race car. WRC race car, yeah. yeah. Uh, but did you know that those uh, all those Teslas derate themselves after just two minutes? I did not they're know that. They're pulling that much power. So what happens is apparently they're pulling that much power out of the battery uh, that the battery gets that hot that the vehicles actually derate themselves. They have to cool down. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, so, so they get two minutes of full power and then the rest of it is not full power. Which makes sense when you're doing a 0 to 60 run and you're trying to prove that it's the fastest car ever and it's really not. But so, but, but so, so, you know, so around a track, yeah, that thing probably won't derate itself. Whereas no. a Tesla might, mm -hmm. uh, uh, but at a stoplight, it doesn't matter. You know, you, you were saying Model 3, but one thing you didn't mention is that this is a sports coupe, right. right? Right. So aside from the fact that on a straight line, Teslas will be faster, and Teslas are faster than and, Lamborghinis. And in a, in a drag strip, it'll be faster. On yeah, a straight line, line. Yeah. drag strip, right, that's yeah. the point. But this isn't a drag car. The, the Z was never a drag car. The well, Z right. was something that could be afforded initially, afforded by everybody, and you could put it on... Pacific Coast Highway and drive it all day long and beat the hell out of it and then stop at a gas station. Five minutes later, you're back on the road beating it up again and you're able to afford it. And on top of all that, there are no sports cars currently available that are anywhere near this price that are a coupe that you can do that with that are electric. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, I, so it, it, maybe you're saying that there is a room in that 
stack, right, for a Z to slot in underneath a Corvette and mm -hmm. above, yeah. like an '86. Exactly. Exactly. Which is, where, uh, uh, which is where it naturally should live. It, it should live there. And, and, and I, Nissan in the past has aimed higher with like your... your um, the 300ZX. Right, right, right. It was very expensive. I think mine was like 35 It was a twin turbocharged right, beast. But, but that was at, at that time there was this really cool competition, right? So you had the Z, and the three, you had the Supra, you had the Mitsubishi. The Mitsubishi yeah, yeah, I have one of those. And you had the Mazda. Yes. So there was this kind of like arms war and they were all competing. And we, we're not in that moment right now. Which is a shame. But yeah. that, that was that, this is the second golden period where we do have some really good sports cars that are available. And you're right. Electric cars are out there indeed in force. Now, the thing is, is that Nissan has been leading the way with electric vehicles. They really have. They were one of the first to really hit. That's with, why. Why is this electric? Yeah, I agree. Well, they'll hear, hear me out. Yeah. So they came out and they had a bespoke vehicle from the ground up that Gon approved. That was the Nissan Leaf, which they were the first. worldwide I, I, is still one of the, the best-selling electric vehicles. First worldwide electric car to come out. The, yeah, that you it was sell, ugly, not, but okay. There, there are other ones. We we're going 100 years ago, but we'll, we'll right, go into right. that. The point is, is that Nissan led the way, so they have the technology, they have the know-how. Unfortunately, because of where they are right now, I don't think they have the bandwidth to take this vehicle and make it electric so, right so now. So let me ask you this, Nathan. Let me ask you guys this. So you know they're sitting. Carlos Ghosn, you know, leaves the company in shambles, right? Mm -hmm. uh, leaves Japan under indictment in a music box. I'm not making that up. It's true, right? No, yeah, he hid in a jet, which was uh, hidden inside of a, a container that held musical instruments yeah, and, yeah, and was yeah, flown yeah. out. Yeah, he, 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 by Americans, by the way. Yeah, yeah, by, by an American like like Seal or something. Former, right? special, yeah. yeah, special service. Yeah, so you know, and now he's one of the most wanted men in Interpol because Japan wants him back and they want to prosecute him. So he, you know, he leaves the company. He's kind of in a shambles. Uh, I don't think, and I don't know this, and I'm just guessing, so this is my opinion, I don't think that the Z was ever uh, like on the planning board. I think it was just going to die like the Xterra, which was also a huge mistake, right? The that Xterra, was a huge mistake huge to get rid of the Xterra. Right? So I think they were just going to let that thing die on the vine. There wasn't going to be no others. And all of a sudden, they get together at Nissan under the new management, and they say, damn, we need to bring some sparkle back to this company. Yes, and, I agree. And somebody says, let's bring the Z back. A great, a great decision. I'm all about that. Mm -hmm. And you know somebody in that room had to say, what should we do? Should we make it like the future Z or should we go with the current Z, which is gas-powered electric? So they, they had this conversation. They had this conversation, but I think you're missing part of the, okay. the initial conversation. That's a great idea. Let's bring back the Z. Here's your budget. It's right. small. Right. Because so you're saying that there was no 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 thought there, of even electric. I think well no no I think that the problem was is that they had such a small budget that they had to deal with a lot of components that already exist. I guarantee you this vehicle has a lot of Infinity components in it that, that you know in order to build it and make it financially feasible. And then on top of that, maybe maybe they left enough room in there in that vehicle to where they can yank out a gas engine and throw in an electric motor. It's entirely possible that well, that exists. Well, the question I had for you is, so let's say they had that conversation, and for, you know, let, let's leave the budget off for a second, and they said, should we make it electric or should we make it you know, traditional? Mm -hmm. Obviously, the styling is more traditional, but that's, that's a whole different conversation. Yeah. Do you think that they then said, if we look at our numbers, uh, we think that there's more market demand for a gasoline-powered car than an all-electric yes. car. Yes. You think that's, that's I, what I think I'm think. sure of that. And I, you think that's true? Yes. Okay. Yes, I do. Right. I, I think that right now we're still, uh, we, we can get into the discussion of infrastructure and all that. As you know, I'm actually looking at buying an electric car in the near future. Um, I know, that's a whole different topic. The point is, there are a lot of limitations. 
Electric cars are starting to sell and you will see a lot more of them, regardless of what the future brings with the EPA and CAFE numbers, more and more of them are hitting the market. Volkswagen's about to bring a slew of them to the country. You're going to see a ton. And the thing is that will grow. And in time, automakers will switch gears going from gas to electric more often than not. But there's also something to be said about vehicles that sit in the middle of that ether vehicles that give you the retro feel that are fairly clean burning. And eventually this could be a hybrid. It could easily have the same hybrid setup that the Jeep does, the four by E where you can plug it in and drive it all day with electricity and then use the engine occasionally. So I'm, I'm hoping you're right. I hope that they actually, you know, we know that the new Corvette is probably going to be electrified, that they designed it that way, right? Yeah, possibly space. all wheel drive too. Yeah, that they left space under the uh, passenger compartment for a battery. Right. And that the new, you know, top end Corvette will be a hybrid. So maybe that's going to happen as well. Let us know what you guys think in the comments below. Um, Nathan, thank you for sitting in for Tommy. It's really, my pleasure. I really appreciate it. And yeah, let us know first of all what you think of the styling and do you think it should have been electric or not? Those are two relatively simple questions. Uh, we'd love to hear your answers. And also that I'm right. Just so you guys know. I, <laughs> Nathan's right. right. Totally right. And I'm wrong. Yeah. <laughs> As always, this is Roman. And Nathan. Saying thanks for watching. And if you want to see the pictures of the leaf, go to TFL Talk on YouTube and you can see them. Uh, and remember, check out TFLcar.com for more news views. And real world reviews. See you next time. Ciao. Bye. A new year, time for new growth. Grow your education and skills with Herzing University. Our online behavioral health programs fit your schedule and time, from an eight-month diploma program in health and human services to a 36-month bachelor's in psychology. Grow your behavioral health career with us wherever you are in your education. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Visit us online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109. Online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.